Hello and welcome to RGU Talk, the official podcast of Robert Gordon University. I'm your host, Johnny Mill, and I have a very special guest this week, president of RGU men's football team, the Purple Tornadoes, and final year journalism student, Gabriel Antoniazzi. Gabs, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. Now, we may as well start with the most recent success, the Mm -hmm. Purple Tornadoes beating Bournemouth University 4-1 in the British Trophy final. That must have been a fantastic moment for you. Yeah, uh, just as you said, it was absolutely fantastic for me, for all the boys and for the whole club in general. Um, We never really thought that we could win the cup. Um, Obviously, come from a small university such as ours with a very little budget for football. We only get one hour of training a week. Okay. Um, but to get all the way to the final, to beat Newcastle away, Edinburgh away, and then end up at the Big Bucks Wednesday all the way down in Nottingham and play an English uni from the south coast, possibly the furthest away team we could have played mm-hmm. in Bournemouth. Um, it was just a great experience, and then to win it was was just amazing, amazing for all of us. But it wasn't all plain sailing, though, was mm-hmm. it? Because it was actually 1-1 at full time, but you went on to get 4-1 in the, at the final whistle. Mm-hmm. Was anything said after 90 minutes to kind of spur you all on? Um, well, throughout the whole tournament, we'd only conceded one goal, so we were based on a kind of a, a rigid defensive shape, and we would just sit in and let and let the other teams attack us. And we went one 0 down about forty five seconds into the game. Oh, not ideal, then. No, not ideal. Uh, which obviously shocked all of us. Um, but then in the first ten minutes, we kind of got a grip, and we thought, you know, we're the better side here. We can win this. So we were all kind of calm. Um, we scored about. 25 minutes in, make it 1-1, and then it was a very tight game, mm. um, clearly like a, a nervous cup final. Yeah. Um, but with about 10 minutes to go in, full t- uh, in normal time, they got a boy sent off for a stamp on our keeper's chest. So it was 11 versus 10, and we were all kind of looking around thinking, let's just make it to extra time and we'll, we'll run them over. We'd just beaten a, a team on the Saturday, four days before an extra time as well, okay. where we'd scored late on in normal time and we'd gone on to win 5-2 in extra time. Mm. So we were just saying, we'll get through this um, and we'll just bash them over in extra time. And that was the only time that we actually thought we could lose the game was the 10 minutes when they had 10 men because they were throwing it, thinking Mm. exactly the opposite of us. We can only win it now. Mm. Um, And then when the final whistle went in normal time, we just thought, right, that's fine. We had a quick team talk saying, just keep playing, it'll come, it'll come. And literally two minutes into extra time, we went 2-1 up. And that was... uh, that was it done. We brought sub myself off for uh, a notorious defensive midfielder, Aidan Moffat, and he just shored the game up, and and that was that four one. Fantastic. Um, now I understand um, Hannah, who's the head of RGU Sport, mm-hmm. has made a huge deal of the fact that this victory sees yourselves as the first RGU sports team to win a national trophy of this level. Obviously, that must be a highlight for your time as president. L- looking back on your time, what else stands out? Um, in my time as president, this is. Of course, the the greatest thing I've achieved. But throughout my time in the football club, um, when I was in second year, we got promoted from the second division in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Now you can only enter the British Trophy, you know that level tournament, if you're in the top division. So winning that league in second year um, had a bigger effect than any of us thought it could. You know, we thought we'd just win it and then have a, a good year in the top division and maybe we get relegated or just survive. But 
we've come on leaps and bounds since then and, and we finished third in the top division this season and obviously it allowed us to qualify for the national tournament which we event eventually went on to win so yeah I would say that in second year was great but um, no this this is definitely the best and how did you get involved in the sports club setup in the first place um, so I was always going to join the football team um, wherever I went whatever university I went to um, but my dad is the uh, coach of the football team and he always has been so when I went to school here in Aberdeen um, I used to come and watch the team on Saturdays and okay. if I had a Wednesday afternoon off I would, I would come and watch but I never wanted to go to RGU I always wanted to go away to a different uni mm-hmm. so uh, when I had to apply I applied to four unis outside of Aberdeen and RGU mm-hmm. but um, I only got into RGU and I, th- I think it was Napier or something so I decided to come to RGU um, so I never really planned on, on joining the team but then mm-hmm. as soon as I was here I, th- I thought yeah of course I'll get involved and um, then yeah I've just been been involved ever since and and now uh, to be the president and end it all that's fantastic and have you had any other roles with the sport and physical activity side of RGU? <coughs> um, yeah, so within the sports club, uh, the football club, I've, I was vice president uh, two years ago, but I was also in the sport and physical activity team uh, for two years, which is uh, a small committee to support the sports president. So okay. I was in that in second year and third year um, with Giampiero Franchi and uh, Kat Corbett last year. So that that also really helped me, and then of course Purple Wednesdays, which is kind of on the sports side of things. Um, so yeah, I've always been involved in sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you. Now moving away from the sports side slightly, mm-hmm. you're obviously coming towards the end of your journalism degree. What made you choose journalism? <laughs> obviously, you explained RG wasn't. We yeah. won't take it personally. We weren't your first <laughs> choice, but why journalism? Um, yeah, as I said, I applied for different things. And I didn't. I didn't just apply for journalism. I applied for a few journalism things. I applied for a sports science course or two mm. but I've always wanted to do something to do with football and to do mm-hmm. something to do with sports so doing journalism would keep my options open um, so when I was given the opportunity to do journalism I thought yeah I'll do that and try and try and um, really focus on sports broadcasting so that's that's why I did choose it and, and I don't regret it I mean I've had a fantastic time here and I've learnt a lot and uh, I think it's stood me in good stead for the for the future. And as it happens, I've mentioned to you before recording, yeah. I was a journalism student here a few years ago. Mm-hmm. From your point of view, what's been the highlight of your the studies side of your time at university? Um, from the actual studies themselves? <laughs> it sounds bad to say, but probably Erasmus, which wasn't actually at RGU. No, but, that's, um, we, we you know, facilitated it, yeah. so there's nothing wrong with that at all. Where did you go? Um, I went to Brussels okay. for five months, which it wasn't, again, it wasn't my first choice. I wanted to go to Utrecht. Mm. Um, which seems a bit silly now because Utrecht is just a small city, but Brussels is is the capital of Europe, and it was fantastic. I absolutely loved every minute of it. Uh, minute of it, just the the beer, the chocolate, you know, imagine, the waffles. Yeah. Um, student life, at yeah, student <laughs> life, and, and 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 for once, kind of kind of being the outsider, being someone because my French is terrible. I learnt German at school, so I can't, I can hardly speak any French. Mm. Um, Dutch as well, I can hardly speak any of it, and just just to kind of be the outsider and and live a completely different experience it, uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed it and it's something I'd like to do again but Erasmus yeah if, if anyone at, at the university gets the opportunity to do it I think they should and I also think it's something that they should look into for, for other courses such as um, pharmacy and engineering mm-hmm. they can't go on Erasmus but but I think they should look into, into introducing it because it's such a fantastic opportunity for everyone yeah absolutely and you mentioned going back a step you mentioned Purple Wednesday mm-hmm. which is obviously one of your uh, key things acting as presenter and yeah. co-producer of it for people who 
might not have come across it. What exactly is Purple Wednesdays? So Purple Wednesdays is something that we created uh, three years ago. It's a brief sports roundup show for all the sports clubs and sporting activity at RGU. Um, so we usually just kind of do a roundup of last week's results, um, big fixtures that might be coming up this week, and any events uh, such as, you know, Grant City Challenge or the boat race or any social events that might be coming up like uh, the Blues Ball. Um, uh, we try and interview as many teams as we can, as many players as we can. If someone stood out particularly one week, we try and do that. But it's just trying to raise awareness about RGU um, sports clubs and give all the sports clubs the recognition that they really deserve because there wasn't there wasn't much out there when we first arrived. There was nothing out there really, mm-hmm. um, other than maybe a Facebook page. But I think Purple Wednesdays has been a really good thing, and I'd love to see it continue um, when I leave. Hopefully, it will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's qu- quite funny because um, I think when I um, started working here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was aware of Purple Wednesdays and it was whenever you'd look at the image before you clicked on a video it was two people sitting in a studio yeah. um, then more recently when I looked at it it's photos of yourself and Gab the other mm-hmm. host dressed in lederhosen yeah. or so what exactly does a typical episode involve now and why the sudden shift um, so when we first came up with it it was um, myself and uh, Giampiero Franchi a sports president two years ago uh, it was it was our idea to create Purple Wednesdays, and uh, I spoke to Gavin and uh, our other co-creator Scott Whitman, um, and we just kind of came up with the idea, the whole design of it, the plan, and we wanted it to be based on Sky Sports News, which um, I'm sure mm. you've all seen. Sense, um, so, yeah. so that's if you watch the early episodes, it's kind of based on that, but it does look something from the early 1990s. <laughs> um, but we just thought uh, that we needed to make it a bit more interactive a bit more you know, user-friendly easy to watch um and this year with me and gav both being in fourth year last year we were away on erasmus and in okay. second year was the first year we did it but this year was the first year that we could both present it and obviously we've got um a really good really good chemistry on screen because we're really good friends um so we thought we'd just do that and we'd make it less scripted so usually mm-hmm. it would be in the studio and we'd i would type up a script on the tricast and someone would scroll it down so you could just mm-hmm. read it through but now we don't do it we can do it completely unscripted um, which is why there's so many mistakes, admittedly. But, but as you say, you've, you guys have got fantastic chemistry, so yeah. you think you get away with it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the plan. Um, so it is unscripted. We obviously have a rough idea of what we're going to say. But, yeah, we just try and make it more genuine um, and seem more like a conversation mm-hmm. than just, uh, just auto-cue. And... Um, it gets a bit boring if you just watch the studio every week, you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. But if you, if you take it out, you know, you go to... Um, different buildings around campus you go to different locations to see different sports clubs then then people will actually watch it and you mentioned you hope people will carry it on uh, uh-huh. after you you leave the university is there a way people can get involved and how how do people do t- how do they take it forward um of course there's ways people can get involved um anyone could have got involved over the last three years it's, it's completely voluntary um all you'd have to do is, is email myself or gavin or or anyone in the team or um or just speak to one of the um, support staff here at ABS and the media media team. Um, but yeah, we're kind of hoping that some of the creative uh, industry school, you know, media, PR or journalism mm-hmm. students will take it up. Um, and it would be good to kind of advertise to them the roles and the benefits of it because it could benefit them in their future career. Mm-hmm. So there's a few boys I know um, in the football team that study media and journalism that I'm hoping 
might have the bottle and stand up and present it. But of course, yeah. Gavin will be here next year because he's going to be sports president. So hopefully he'll he'll uh, keep it going slightly. Well, fingers crossed we see it yeah. for years to come. Um, now, more generally, uh, you're probably not the first Antoniazzi that listeners may have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, your dad, Filippo, is director of student life here at the university, uh, while your brother, Christian, plays for Aberdeen Football Club. Yeah. What is it like... Um, you know, following their proverbial footsteps, obviously you're actually Christian's older brother, <laughs> but having Filippo here at the university, yeah. Christian out there, on football manager, in FIFA, uh-huh. etc., must be a bit weird. Yeah, I get a lot of stick from uh, from my mates for, for being worse at football than my younger brother, <laughs> but um, most of their younger brothers aren't professional footballers. So. Mm, indeed. Um, but no, it's... I mean, it, it, it's great. Um, my dad's always helped me, whether it's with the football side of things or um with with uh journalism mm-hmm. and uh, and then with Chris it's he's at the, the crucial time of his career cause he's only 17 turning 18 um he's just got a new contract at the club and hopefully he'll go out on loan next year so it's it's just um it's exciting to watch him to watch him play mm-hmm. but it's it's also a shame that um I'll never get to play with him because he's far too good, you know, to play at my <laughs> level. Well, he can come home every now and yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. If he does, uh, if he does get released, touch what he won't. But you know, maybe he'll come to RGU one day. Oh, it could always happen. Um, yeah. As you say, touch would not. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier with your dad at the university, he mm-hmm. volunteers as the football yeah. coach. It, were there any, have there ever been any little tiffs over the style of coaching or the tactics? Certainly, when you come to big matches like um, the recent one. Yeah, it, it, it's not. It's never, um, it's never anything bad. But if he's going to single someone out, it's going to be me, because mm-hmm. um, obviously, I can take it. But uh, there's a, a famous corner routine that we do. It's called Suzanne, and uh, we always do it when we have. Uh, I shouldn't be telling you this in case any of our opposition are listening. But we usually do it when um, we have a corner in a game, okay. and we'll take the corner. Someone's standing at the edge of the box. They run towards the ball, step over it, and someone comes in out of nowhere and strikes the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, at training, I think it was about two years ago, um, I was doing Suzanne, so I was taking the corner, and you and you have to you have to fizz it in with your laces. Okay. Um, and I kept side footing it, and uh, and he was screaming at me, laces, laces, and I, and all the boys were there, and everyone was just standing there, you know, scared. <laughs> and I I kept side footing it for some reason. He went absolutely mental in front of everyone so uh, every time we talk about Suzanne now we still do it every game mm-hmm. every time we talk about Suzanne and change room everyone kind of looks at each other and thinks oh god who's going to have to hit Suzanne this week you know? <laughs> who wants to get shouted <laughs> yeah, at by exactly, Phil yeah exactly um, yeah but no it's 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 fine and the, the whole team is, in general has really good chemistry so mm-hmm. I think it works well uh, well finally with your dissertation work coming mm-hmm. to an end graduation quickly approaching what's next for you after university? Um, I'm not sure yet uh I'm looking. I'm looking into things. Uh, definitely stay with the journalism side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, uh, a broadcasting role. Um, but but no, nothing set. I'd I'd love to to work with the football club here in the city or with big media companies, you know, BBC or Sky or anything. But who knows? Yeah. Hopefully, well, Gabs. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for having me. Best of luck with the future (laughs) and obviously finishing your dissertation. I know it can be entertaining. I hope to finish it. I hope to. And that's it for another episode of RGU Talk. On behalf of the university, I've been Johnny Milne and we'll talk to you later.